When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Welcome to Fright School. Are you ready? Class is in session. Welcome back to Fright School. Hello, Joe. Hello, Joshua. How you doing? I'm good. It's I, so early. It's an it's early. <laughs> we are dear listener, you are joining us in the midst of a fright school weekend. Um we are we are having so much fun. You it's, spent the night. Yeah, it's, a, we had a slumber party massacre. It's uh it's a fright school 6th grade camp. <laughs> We're just spending the night. Yes, watching scary movies and uh you know, get, getting some record some recordings going. Since I'm going to be out of town, and you know we gotta we gotta stay up. We want to make sure that our voices stay in your earballs. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. <sighs> <laughs> what have you been up to this week? Anything fun? Anything interesting? Um, this is pretty much the highlight <laughs> of, of. Well, I mean, week. seeing me is always the highlight oh, yes. of any week. Indeed, indeed, yeah, indeed. yeah. Anybody who gets to see me, they are so just. It's they don't forget. <laughs> You are memorable. <laughs> you are nothing if not memorable. Uh, no, that's... Um... I'm sorry. I, for once, I know, because um, in, in the West Craven Memorial Library, you have like a rotating, uh, you have a rotating vinyl display. And for once, I actually know the album. Because I listened to it all week this week. Oh, really? The new Yola record? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yola stands for signed? myself. That is signed. Yes. Bless your heart. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, I love her. I, um, I will say I have not actually listened to the. I've heard the singles, you know, and the, like the performances, the live performances she's done of it. But I've been with school and I've been way too busy this week too. I want to like pour a glass of wine and actually sit down in here, you know, with the lights and you know do the whole album experience. So I haven't done it yet. Um, um, but I love her. I loved her last record. She is actually the last person I saw before the pandemic shut everything down. That's right. That's right. Yeah, at the Music Box in San Diego with Amethyst Kia opening. And it's such a great fucking show, you know? And uh, I'm so glad. Like, it's one of those things where I'm so grateful that, like, I enjoy, like, every experience to, like, the full tilt, you know? Uh, because like hindsight, you know, you don't know that was going to be the last live music I was mm-hmm. going to see for like a year and you know, what, when did, what was the uh, back in May? So whatever from March, 2020 to May, 
2021 yeah. when I saw Melissa live for the first time um, after, you know, that period. Like, you know, you had no idea that that was going to be the last show. But I'm glad that I I, I go full tilt. I, I enjoy every second because that was a great freaking show. Dance my face off. Uh, she's awesome. She's hilarious. That's one of the things I didn't really know about her seeing her live. She's really freaking funny. Yeah. So a couple things, right? So you do you okay maybe i should i i think i know the answer to this but i'm very curious do you like to know like the artists motivations and like interviews with them about their albums and stuff is that something that you enjoy for oh music? yeah yeah i read all that stuff okay, yeah cool. yeah yeah since i write music it's like i'm always interested in other people's processes and other people's you know where they're coming from with their music yeah i love that i okay. love all that behind the scenes stuff i love making of out like when they do those uh documentaries of like making of an album i've watched like all the classic albums you know where it's like making dark side of the moon and making rumors and making you know 2112 and moving pictures or whatever whatever rush albums that does cocaine feature heavily <laughs> <laughs> or is it just rumors um well other drugs i think with dark side of the moon okay uh yeah i think there are some other is it dark side of the moon or wish you were here or is it both i don't remember i've seen making of document tons of music making of documentaries so yeah i love all that stuff anyways what's your point joe my point <laughs> is that the reason why so i'm gonna confess fully to you that I have saved the Yola album to the first Yola album to uh, my Apple Music, but I've only really repeat listen because I love covers. So mm -hmm. her cover of Yellow Brick Road is is yeah. really great. Um, and then I yeah, saw that Yellow she Brick was Road. oh yes, and I yeah. and I saw that she was on Nicole Byers' podcast. Uh, Why won't you date me? And so I started listening and I was like, wow, she's really, she's really funny. Yeah. She's really engaged. And so, and I also went and at Nicole's recommendation, I went and watched her Tiny Desk concert yeah. from NPR. Yeah, it's great. And I was like, wow, this is really good. So I went back and I listened to the full, and the way I, I mean, my album listening experience is not as glamorous or even maybe as reverential as yours. <laughs> I, I have a long commute. So I start it right when I leave. And then by the time I get to work, I'm leaving either halfway or halfway through or whatever. So mm -hmm. I was like, wow, this is really nice. And then I started the second album and I think I like the second album a lot more. Um, it's very, it's funny. I was listening to it at work and there was a custodian there um, uh, just doing some cleaning. And it was this lovely, you know, this, you know, lovely older uh, black gentleman. And he was like, is that Roberta Flack? And I was oh, like, wow. <laughs> is that Roberta Flack? And I was like, no, her name is Yola. She's actually from the UK, blah, blah, blah. And what's funny is that she actually mentions in the Nicole Byer interview, she mentions that like Roberta Flack is one of her inspirations. Oh, yeah. For this Very album. cool. And he's like, and I was like, no, it's like, oh, wow. Her music sounds really great. That's what we call grown folks music. <laughs> and... I was like, thank you, sir. Like, I, I'm glad you liked it. I actually put it on because I thought, like, um, I thought it was just, it was, it's nice, like, morning when you get to the office and no one's there music. Oh, nice. Yeah. And it's like kind of like getting your day started. Get your day started. Get you, you know, get yeah. you, uh, get you going. So. It's always overcast here in the morning, you know, before everything opens up. So I like that. Yeah. I'm the same. Like, I used to get to work really early before everybody else got there. So I could do the same, like, play, you know, a new record that I wanted to hear, especially if it wasn't necessarily appropriate for like the site clinic. Uh, you know, listen to that while I, you know, do my, do my eyes, do my, make it <laughs> so yeah so i love love that i actually know i mean like you have you've had um you know the 
the Orville Peck record up here, you know, a couple times, which I know because of you, but like, I actually have listened to the music. Yeah. I love that. I'm, That's great. I'm making progress. Yeah. No, she's really awesome. Great voice. Super talented. Uh, I love like the Neo movement, like Neo, whatever, Neo disco, Neo soul, Neo blues. Ne- like I love when people are kind of playing with these older iterations of music and kind of bringing them into the now. And uh, yeah, I love that. Do you like, have you listened to Leon Bridges? Um, I feel like it, it does. He, is he a guitarist as well? I don't know if he, I don't actually don't know. Actually, if I think I'm, I might be mixing him up with someone else, but no, I don't his, think so. His first record, I think you would really like. Um, it has a very Sam Cooke vibe. It's very sixties, Motowny, very soulful. Um, I love his first record. He has some like poppier hits on the second record that are okay. And then he just released, he, he just released a new album um, as well around the same time that Yola did. So um, I'm, I'm trying to consume that also. I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah. I feel like I, I have seen him like playing on something or singing somewhere. I definitely recognize now that I'm looking at like the photos and all of him. Um, but I have not seriously given again. I mean, that's a man. So that's true. Probably have not be a man. I have not given him too much, uh, too much of a listen. Uh, most, you know, most of the guys I listen to are going to be, you know, um, either dead, (laughs) like, Oh, you know, dudes from the 50s, 60s, 70s. Um, you know, so I don't, I don't take in a lot of new music sung by men, but I will give him a listen. If you, I mean, especially if you're contextualizing with like Yola and that kind of sound, I want to contextualize him in the sense of like, you're cause I, I think your love of the neo um the neo movement is this one of the reasons why i love him as well yeah like i'm i'm i i like music that sounds older but is not like i like that sounds like it's not of this particular yeah thing. yeah like amy winehouse i love her out you yeah. know obviously um uh r.i.p oh i miss mm-hmm. her uh but like when back to black came out i was just like this is so awesome like i just love that kind of playing with those sounds and then obviously duffy and adele and you know i mean we had that kind of you know run on that sound um i do like what like mark ronson in general like when he produces stuff so i really liked his uh that late night feelings i think is what mm-hmm. it was called which was kind of like a smoky disco kind of vibe so it's like i yeah i just i really like that i mean in general i'm the kind of person i don't mind reimaginings i don't mind remakes requels whatever we're calling them you know um i like to see how somebody might approach something in a new way you know how how are we having the same how are we having this the same conversation in different ways you know i mean that's what the horror is kind of all about is you know the constant um, you struggle with the same anxieties, but how are we telling them in new ways? Sometimes uh, with the same stories. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes it's, you know, I mean, they're not all like 100% successful, you know, but I'm not going to fight like, you know, I, I don't really argue with people on like, you know, oh, they remade this movie. Well, if you don't like it, then just watch the original and pretend the other doesn't exist. You know, there are certain, there are movies that I, you know, have that relationship to and others that I enjoy, you know, I that I'm like, this is perfectly um, serviceable. You know, as a film, you know, it is what it is. 
But uh, so, yeah, that's just kind of my point of like, I, I enjoy this uh, time we're living in where we now have this massive history of music to kind of pull from and to pull textures from and to pull, you know, sounds and vibes out of. And, and I love seeing them reinterpreted. So I really like her for that reason, Yola. So I'm, I'm glad. Yeah, I just got that the other day. It just came out, the new album, like last week. So I just got the, uh, the vinyl. I ordered it uh, months ago uh, when it was on pre-order. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see what's there next time. You know, you never know. I actually think Bjork's greatest hits are what's actually on the record player. But I just because I came in and set that record there is like that's the next like the next time I get me time with a nice bottle of wine. Yeah, you know, maybe maybe something maybe an herbal refreshment. Um, (laughs) You know, it'll that that's what I'm gonna do. Your me time is with a bottle of wine. Mm-hmm. You can complete the thought for what my me time and I'm a bottle of with. Right. I have a bottle with. It's Jergens. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And Justin Long. And Justin Long. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yes. It's me with a bottle of Jergens and watching We're Galaxy Quest. going to leave that there for our dear listeners to i know we yeah let's now that you're getting recognized you know because you're so famous um you know that's now people are going to really have a picture of you and then you say things like that and they're just going to be like immediately it's going to be in their head you know what can you do stop it yeah i think i might if i ever met justin long i might react the same way that you read when you met robert mukes Mm -hmm. where it's just kind of like you were so excited like hi (laughs) hi oh my lord yeah. i can't talk yeah he's adorable um all righty what you else is happening you know what's interesting spending the night in a haunted house uh <laughs> is yeah but we had to like force the haunt on the house you know it wasn't haunted so yeah but like it doesn't t- we mean, are the we're the things haunting this house yes. <laughs> <laughs> well it's just so you know i you you went to bed and I finished uh, the third Fear Street right. film, and I was convinced that you were going to come and try to scare me. No, I was but asleep. I also knew better because <laughs> I'm like, well, it's really late. He probably just wants to also go to bed. Yeah, um, yeah. Because I said in here, uh, you know, reading till like midnight, and then I was like, okay, I've got to go to bed. Yes, you did, and you left, and then you came out, and then I remember like you. I went to the bathroom. And then when I was uh, coming down the hallway, you like popped out of the library <laughs> and I like jumped. But I'm like, that's and I don't want you to get the impression that that's just my my general state of being in this house. <laughs> just like waiting for a jump scare around a corner. Right. Um, but I was so convinced that you were going to try something. So I I like positioned myself on the couch so that way I could see all the possible uh, entrances for you. And then at, when you never showed and I was almost finished. And then decided, you were disappointed. I decided to just get comfortable. And yeah. And then the cats freaked me out a little bit. <laughs> right. So. They, they run through the house wailing all night. Yeah. I was just like, wow, they really are alive. They the really, banshees. They really do come out at night. Yeah. Did you sleep? Uh, did you fall asleep on the couch or did you actually stay no, awake? I, and then go I stayed awake and then watched the, the whole thing bedroom. and then uh, fiddled with how to turn off all of your stuff. <laughs> And then I decided, fuck it. I'm just going to like, okay, it looks like it's off and then leave. And then I went and, you know, because I also have to. Everything shuts off by itself eventually. Yeah, eventually it all shuts off. So I, um, that's a life motto. Eventually it all shuts off. (laughs) Um, And then I went back to, you know, prepare for bed. And then as I was preparing for bed, I just can't have 
you know, I can't have a dead silence. And so I put on my phone, Gilmore Girls. Nice. And so. And you fell asleep to the Gilmore Girls and they kept you protected. They did. And then I woke up and I realized that my phone never shut off from the Gilmore Girls. And so the Gilmore Girls was running the entire... And I also had my phone plugged in. So oh, okay, okay. Yeah, my phone was plugged in the entire dead time. dead as shit. <laughs> so it was still running the Gilmore I was like, oh, Rory's in college now. <laughs> A lot happened when I was asleep. Yeah, apparently. I have... I You know, I, I watched like the first two seasons and then I, I stopped. So. You watched the worst season i know that's what you say so i have to go back i mean i powered through them though so i have to go back and 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 put that back on the uh you know in the background it's just been very hard this last like 12 weeks uh you know because i'm in this past week was our final week of of instruction you know so now we're in finals week this coming week uh even though i really only have i mean i've got a test on monday i guess today I should say today I have a test, um, but uh, I have a paper to write for another class. So it's not like it's really heavy stuff, but the classes themselves have been a lot because it's like, you know, I've got to get through like this week, the last three weeks I've had like four chapters a week in one class. And that's like reading the chapter, doing what they call mastery training. It's just a, 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 a Cengage thing. Um, if you know what Cengage is, which I'm sure, you know, everybody's probably bought a book from them at some point in their life if you went to college. Uh, so not Joe. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you did go to college. Yeah, but I never you did. You went to college. I went to college, but to I never did that. knowledge. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it's all like online shit. It's just so the professor knows like we're reading, you know, and then we do a quiz. So that's like, you know, four quizzes a week. And then on top of that, my other professor thinks we can read like six books a week. And I really like her. I go to her office hours and just hang and chat with her. She's super cool. But, you know, she had to squeeze, again, like everybody, 16 weeks into six weeks. It's like, it's tough. So it's like one week she'd like literally gave us like a 200 page book to read along with, you know, four or five other like 10 page articles, 30 page article, you know, documentary, um, you know, here the three research paper. I mean, it's like it is so much. My brain is like bursting with um, just everything. So I'm really glad that it's going to uh, this week's, oh. but, but it just made the summer really tough to yeah. engage with too much new stuff outside of like freight school, you know, outside of like freight school stuff. And how does she do it? How does she do it? I know. Yeah. So anyways, speaking of books, um, I went to another really fun final girl support group uh, event again with Grady Hendrix. I was bummed though, because the reason I went, because I'd already gone to, I went to the official launch of the book and then I popped into another one because he'd had, he'd been having, um, uh, technical difficulties. So I kind of wanted to see a show without that. Um, so I watched like, you know, part of where he you know, kind of things went wrong. But this one, it was supposed to be Grady Hendrix in conversation with Adrian King, who is uh, played, um, oh my gosh, Alice, right? <laughs> Alice in Friday the 13th, the final girl mm-hmm. in uh, Friday the 13th. Um, I just, I want to fact check that because I will admit like my Friday the 13th knowledge is not as strong as other. What? I know. I... Yeah, I think, right, her name is Alice, right? I'm doing all this, and then it's just, that's going to be what it is. <laughs> um, oh, my gosh, I can't even find the damn 
page. Anyway, so the point is, is that it was supposed to be in conversation, the two of them, because he had based one of the characters on the book in the book on her. Her name is Adrian. Um, and he kind of pulled actually from all of like the horror movies. It is Alice. Yeah. Uh, thank you. But um, anyway, so she lives in Oregon cause she has like uh she does like a winery. She has, a, it's called crystal lakes wine, uh, which I actually ordered a whole set <laughs> of them to try. Cause I had no idea. I thought it was new. And then it was like, we've been doing this for a decade. I'm like, what? I had no idea. They're not doing a good job. You know, making sure horror fans know like cool stuff to support. Cause I'm like, come on a wine with like, a really cool like she paints the labels and they're all oh, like dear come on yeah it's super cool and she like autographs the bottle so i'm like fuck it i'm gonna order some of these uh i was hoping they'd get here in time because i'm going to a um at, at, once this airs i will airs whatever once this is released um i will have gone to a fright a uh, not fright school a final girl support group book club dinner <laughs> so my book club all of us read the book and so we're getting together to eat and to discuss it i actually have a book club kit here that has like questions you know for the you know for people who read it oh god so we can have stimulating conversation um anyways what was my point i've gotten so off track is this a book club with our friends yeah the well the silent book club and then everybody happened to read I'm curious because one of our friends is not a horror movie fan. Yeah, she really liked it though. So I'm really excited to talk to her. But they don't, yeah, like we're getting together because they want like a quick crash course in what films it's based on, you know, who, where the names come from, everything he pulled. Because I mean, if you read it as a horror fan, I do think you should read it because it'd be fun to see how much you get, you know, if you're like, oh yeah, you know. Uh, it's a really cute book, you know, and it moves okay. really fast. It's like a slasher film. I don't think it's too gory or scary. I, I mean, you know, I mean, if you've seen half the movies we've watched, like you'd be fine to read it. Um, so I do recommend it. But um, anyways, um, my point was, oh, yes, that the event was supposed to be a conversation with Grady Hendrix and Adrian King of Friday the 13th fame. She lives in Oregon. They had a massive storm and I guess it knocked out her internet access. Mm, So she couldn't get on the, yeah. So it was kind of a bummer uh, because I, I, difficulties are plaguing this tour. Yeah. So they got, uh, they had somebody from, cause it was like exile bookstore or something or exile and books. I don't know. Something were uh, facilitating it. So he just had a conversation with one of their people who had read the book and, you know, kind of knew some of the references and stuff. And so they, I mean, they still had a really good conversation. Uh, and like I said, I was introduced. I had no idea that she had a wine collection because Grady was drinking um, some and he was showing it uh, like, you know, supporting her. Uh, but it was kind of neat because he did just talk a little bit about uh, some of the stuff that uh, I mean, I've read some of the interviews with him around the book. And obviously when he did the live show, it wasn't really about the book. It was sort of a tracking, like tracing the slasher through history in a way. Uh so, but he talked a little bit about how, like, he had been discussing with, like, his friends who have kids and how the boogeyman has kind of shifted. And a lot of a lot of his friends, children, are having nightmares of men breaking into the house with guns. 
Mm. And that the boogeyman has become like a man with an AR-15, and how they like all like it's just becoming this thing with like fascinating, yeah, yeah, with his, uh, you know, which makes sense. I mean, that is the cultural anxiety of the day, you know. Uh, and and he was kind of tying that. He's like, you know, we talk about slasher films as something that's like, you know, this kind of fun thing that we watch, and it's you know, it's like you know, either escapism or you know, whatever the reason is that you watch a slasher film you know, for the horror of it all. But for some people, like they're just going about their day and some man busts into the place that they feel safe and starts killing people without, you know, with, with, with no motive that they can tell, you know, without, without explanation. And when you're kind of in that, so like this, the, the idea that you would, we're living in a time where, again, as always, as we've discussed on this show, you have the real life crime and the real life horror that happens in life, you know, being, processed and reflected back with like the art of horror so it was just very interesting that he he kind of had this whole thought about yeah like that's it's so interesting how the boogeyman is like shifted and changed and how that will continue to happen you know as 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 we kind of progress so it was very good uh he also talked about like the connection of horror to fairy tales folklore urban legends so you know we did that whole thing about he brought up red riding hood i'm like oh yeah that's exactly like all the stuff that we had been discussing um oh my god i wish i could go to this dinner just to be a fly on the wall just to be a ta because it sounds like it's good it sounds like a fright school seminar yeah basically yeah 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 kind of like testing like the waters of like seeing if we if i could get more of them to watch you know horror films and maybe uh you know come on the show you know like i said we've been trying to find a new uh, you know dear listener if you're out there and you know somebody who does not like horror but would be willing to go on the journey where we are looking and they must be willing to go on the journey right yeah in it is a it's penny, a commitment yeah in yeah, for yeah. a pound yeah uh but yeah we would be love to victim. to kind of show an uh, a sherpa another person through sort of like the those first season films uh although i mean maybe we could uh we could go back and you know revise you know yeah. but Anyways, so I also like that he brought up that he kind of said like most like horror is based on like three kinds of urban legends, which are like the babysitter and the man upstairs, the roommate and the hook. Like most horror stories are kind of some variation of that, you know, either, you know, woman alone in the house and somebody's there, you know, breaks in or, um, you know, something terrible has already happened and you get kind of sucked into it or uh, the lovers, you know, out doing their thing and you know escaped you know horror or like slashers specifically well maybe it's slasher yeah okay. yeah yeah like slasher films sorry that's that's a good point yeah yeah it was sort of like the slasher that's sort of the uh the um and he had tied it to like the red light was it the red light killer in like the 40s in los angeles who would like shine he would like pull up alongside couples and like shine this red light so they thought he was a police officer and then he'd like murder them um, and he was he was caught and he was saying that if, if you go back like you can trace like how the hook story all of a sudden started popping up everywhere especially after that mm. that case and mm. you know sort of how that kind of again how real life horror especially informs. in LA so close to Hollywood yeah yeah so all of this just you know it's just a self perpetuating beast <laughs> mm-hmm. 
So, anyways, it was it was really good, uh, good conversation. I I really did enjoy listening to him talk and the other people in the in the chat. There was quite a few. I think there was like fifty or sixty participants, uh, which is amazing. Fifty, sixty people who read a book. Yay! Hey, uh, <laughs> you know one person who you know, like doesn't read a book, right? But uh, there was lots of good thoughts on the on the characters and lots of good questions about. Uh, the final girl support group and yeah so i'm excited i'm i'm hoping that it comes uh the hbo i think they're doing hbo max is yes. adapting it i hope it comes quickly because it's it's pretty cool and i want to see how they how they realize you know this story and he also talked about that because he's like i wrote the book and i'm writing like the scripts for the show and it's a totally different beast and i thought that was actually really interesting to hear him talk about the when you're when you write a book and you're kind of in someone's head, you can get away with a lot of things, but you can't like he's like there's no way to show on screen really effectively somebody making a decision. Yeah, and he, so he's like when I wrote Horror Store, which we just I just read and a bunch of the group had just read, he's like there's a lot of times where people are just sitting in cars thinking. <laughs> he's like you can't really do that. Like yeah. you know you have to Yeah. That's the beauty of a book is that it's you in your mind being in someone else's mind. Yeah, exactly. And so he talked about like changing, like that's actually informed the way he writes now, um, which Horror Store is a bit older of a book because it's before, I think it's even before the Southern Book Club because I think that was the last book, Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires, I think was the last book before Fright School, uh, Final Girl Support Group. I can't not talk. Ugh. But anyway, so he's saying that his writing is getting more cinematic and more like so because he's thinking like that now, you know, he's thinking about like, well, this is so stupid to have this person sitting in the car. So he's like with with final girls. He's like, if I put someone in a car, there's somebody else with them and they're having a conversation. Yeah, because dialogue is how you yeah. assess interiority. Yeah, yeah. So I, it was just kind of fun all around to listen. So Except there are way uh, the movie we're going to talk about today does some cool stuff with like trying to suss out interiority of the main character that's true yeah i mean it's not impossible it's just yeah. saying that you know that you you have to be clever you have to be you know i think films like producers and stuff they always want things to be like you know not necessarily lowest common denominator because i don't mean that in a bad way but i mean i think they want the film to be accessible to as many people as possible obviously yeah. to sell it yeah it's the harry potter of it all because in harry potter like they, the movies, the people who are watching these movies are fans of the books. So the things that, the thing that I really hate in Harry Potter is when like they, they explain something that in the book took like two chapters to explain. They explain it like in one way. Right. Like it's like, oh, Dumbledore said a s spell and then we're all supposed to know what that means. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no. again, that's the that's the thing. That's the difference between books and film. Yeah, yeah. So just the way you can't always adapt things effectively. Yeah. So uh, the point was, it was great. It was, um, I can't recommend the book enough. I do think it was really fun. I, again, I think it's pretty transparent. Like if you're a horror fan, you're going to be like, okay, yeah, I know exactly where all of this like is, but it was just, a, it was a fun read, you know? So why not, you know, stretch your brain, have a read. <laughs> he looked right into my eyes and said that. <laughs> I did not intend to. I feel attacked. 
All right. Uh, anything else this week? Uh, new Suicide Squad is out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm Can't looking wait forward to, watch. to watching that. Uh, we're on the horizon for a new Candyman, the Candyman uh, sequel or reboot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's uh, two. You only have three more. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Be careful. Say my name. No. Um, <laughs> say my name. Say my name. Uh, what else? I feel like we're like we've got lots of good stuff coming up. Have Halloween, you heard? Okay, kills. so Young David's been posting about this. We need to watch Pig. Uh, I have seen a few people posting about that. The um, Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage, yeah. Nicholas Cage and the little twink from Hereditary. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I if people are like, hey, check it out, I probably will. I mean, but is it a horror film? I don't even know. I mean, it looks horrific. Yeah, but uh, I think somebody said it's kind of in the same vein of like it's actually like a film about grief or something. But I don't know. That was just one of the things I saw, like a headline. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, we can check that out. I was just trying to think of like what other like big horrors on the horizon. I mean, there's lots of stuff. There's always horror on the horizon. Yeah. <laughs> if if nothing, if if there are no other things insured by life except death and taxes, then horror, there's always a horror. <laughs> horror is coming. All right, well, we will take a, uh, speaking of horror coming, um, we will take a quick break and uh, we'll be back with False Positive. Hey, everybody, I'm Chris Fafalius, and I'm the producer of Krista Makes a Podcast and the host of the One Hit Thunder Podcast. And I'm Matt Kelly, host of Horror Movie Night and the producer slash the head of content for the Geekscape Podcasting Network. Between the two of us, we have, believe it or not, 25 years of podcasting experience, and we want to help you start your own podcast. We know podcasting, and we want to share that knowledge with you. So whether you're new to podcasting or you want some feedback on your currently active podcast, we want to help. Or perhaps you're just overwhelmed with all of the editing work well we can help you with that also you can check out our website at we for more information we're excited to help your podcasting dreams become a reality uh, all right welcome back we are here today it's kind of fun we've been doing like a series of like after doing you know the sort of deep dive into uh, road horror, vacation horror, summer horror, you know, looking at stuff in the 70s and the 80s, and now we're, you know, catching up on, like, new stuff yeah. the last uh, the last couple episodes. And oddly enough, all of our road horrors were, like, from the early 2000s. Yeah, so well, mostly, I mean, like, mostly. you know, I mean, we did... Uh, I mean, the ones that I liked. <laughs> oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, we actually, we talked about Friday the 13th, and then we talked about... Um, uh, the hills have eyes, and you know, I mean, it was it was just fun. <laughs> the hills you know? have eyes. Yeah. And, well, and the thing is, like, you know, we go, oh, the early two thousands. Like, honey, that was like twenty years ago. Like, Jeepers Stop Creepers it. is twenty years ago. Stop it. So we are j- as far away from Jeepers Creepers now as we were away from Friday the Thirteenth in the year two thousand. Stop it! Yeah. Don't stop it, Joshua. <laughs> Don't make me confront my mortality. It's too early. Oh, gosh. That's the pull quote right there. Oh, so Don't make me confront my mortality, yeah, Joshua. Yeah. But no, that's, I mean, that's just, well, that's Justin true. Long definitely made a deal with the devil because he looks right. amazing. Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. Yeah, I know. They just get you. better. Yeah. I'm so sad that Paul Rudd is not coming back to the hollow. You know, they floated that out there like, oh, he was invited to come back to play Tommy Doyle, you know, after he had played him in Halloween 6. And instead, it's going to be um, Anthony Michael Hall. Is that his name? Anthony Michael Hall. From um, The Dead Zone? 
The well, Dead Zone series. I was thinking of uh, Breakfast Club. <laughs> Isn't that him? Oh, and Edward Scissorhands. He plays the asshole boyfriend in Edward Scissorhands. Oh. It's that guy. Is that his name, Anthony Michael Hall? I have no idea. I don't. Well, he's he. No, I'm getting him confused with Ricky Schroeder. I'm sorry. Like Ricky Schroeder is an asshole. Anyway, yes, Anthony Michael Hall, that's the guy. I believe he's the one that is going to play Tommy Doyle in the new uh, Halloween uh, film. Uh, yes, he's going to play the, it in Halloween Kills. Lee? Yeah. Yes. Anyway, it's not the point. The point was that, uh, what was the point? We have, we're, we're watching new movies. Oh my gosh, we're so off track already. Ah, oh, Lord, people wonder how we get to, you know, I sit after the thing, I go, how does that, how was that episode hour and a half? <laughs> Anyways, so, yes, today, False Positive, uh, directed by John Lee, we've got Ilana Glazer on screenplay, along with John Lee, story, production. Yeah, everywhere. Starring. Everything. She's Everything. And she is everything. She is, yeah. So um, I really, I want to read this as sort of a, as an intro to our conversation today. Uh, Obviously, the first thing you see when the film starts is A24. So you're like, okay, well, we're in for a mind fuck. So let's just, any any thoughts we had that we knew what this film was going to be? Have to leave your head. It's so funny because we saw it and we, I, I, I don't think either of us knew it was A24. And... It, it yeah, I thought it was a Hulu, like into the dark kind of kind vibe. of vibe. I saw it and I was like, "Ooh, that means it's good." And you were like, "Ooh, it means it's weird as shit." And right? Okay, that's fair. Fair yeah. on all accounts. So this is from AV Club. Katie Rife writing. Um, Elana Glazer gives birth to a nightmare in the pregnancy horror movie False Positive. So I really like this as sort of an introduction. Pregnancy can be horrifying, not least because feeling and saying so is still taboo. Popular culture presents motherhood as a blissful experience that gives a woman's life new meaning and purpose. And if she is ambivalent about any part of the process, let alone alienated or angry or depressed, then the problem must lie within her. Perhaps predictably, the horror genre has been a place to explore the anxieties of pregnancy in covert ways. The chestburster scene in Alien can be read as a birth metaphor for example, and overt ones. False Positive, a new A24 project picked up by Hulu during the pandemic, takes the latter approach. Joe, what'd you think? I mean, I I liked it. Yeah? I did like it. It was weird as fuck. Yeah. But I liked it. And I think what I liked, uh, well, let let me rephrase it. Let me phrase it this way. I think what I liked most about it was that it was nothing at all what I expected. So I was pleasantly surprised. And often, <laughs> often I uh, equate surprise in a film with uh, also genuinely enjoying it. Yeah. Not necessarily the same thing, because it could be surprise in a bad way. But like if you're able to tell an original story for the most part and get me to a place where I had no idea where you were going to go, but I was on the edge of my seat. That's what it did. And so I was like, wow, this is really surprising. And like, again, listener, I, I, we are two men (laughs) who, you know, cannot, uh, you know, cis men who cannot bear children. And so, um, I wish that we had like somebody who you know is 
um, a parent or is or has who has gone that but you know but again like this was a this is also at my at my behest we watched we watched this film yes yes this is one of those those times one of the few uh, films where yeah you asked about it several times we're like we got to watch false positive right and we're gonna watch false positive right I'm like Are you sure well be- <laughs> mainly because it has well honestly you know you know me in the comedy world so right like Ilana Glazer. And I thought it was yeah, going to be... Broad City was so good. Yeah, I thought it was going to be a black comedy of some sort. I thought there was going to be very specific comedic overtones uh, or even undertones, and there was none of that. It was a straight horror. And yeah, I would call it like a thriller. Like, it's definitely trying to be... It's playing in the same spaces that, like, Rosemary's Baby and yes. The Stepford Wives, which mm-hmm. you've not seen yet. Not the uh, the original. The original, yeah. yeah. Um, which we are going to do soon, especially after watching this. I think it's, I think it's a good time to actually explore... Um, um, that sort of uh, that world because I actually really enjoy the Stepford Wives, but uh, not the point. The point is that yeah, it's kind of was playing with those sorts of tones to varying uh, degrees. I I felt like you because we were talking while you know while we were watching the movie that you know we've seen lately a lot of the horror films being um, what's the word like led by comedians you know whether it's Mm -hmm. like jordan peele getting involved getting into get out and us or uh chris rock you know joining the spiral you know the saw universe and and trying to tell a story and then obviously alana doing this um yeah i i I was kind of like wondering where it was going to fit in in the scheme of like that conversation that Mm -hmm. we've been seeing happening within within horror as of late Mm -hmm. yeah but you, I mean, you enjoyed it, so that's great. Are you going to watch it again? I don't know. Maybe okay. on Mother's Day. <laughs> um, oh my god! I know. Yeah, that would be. I mean, like, just right there, like right there with Hereditary. You know? Yeah, just, yeah, 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 yeah. I I think that's great. Hereditary, False Positive, uh, The Exorcist. You know, just have like yeah. a whole day of like just moms going to to battle for their daughters. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Their children. Um yeah. I I yeah we <laughs> Professor <laughs> Profess. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how like because you're right, like I have no intention of having children. We've discussed this on the show before. Um I don't know how you feel if you want to, you know, adopt a little baby. Um or have a baby some other way. They, I, I don't know. Uh, um, one thing I always like to say is, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? I'm nowhere near that piece of the elephant. Okay, so, so like, you're not. Yeah, I mean, I just, I just like you know tricked a man into being with me. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, babe. Um, so like, let me. Uh, I always told like because I would get that question and my and I started. I, I never knew how to answer it until then. I was like, well, let me just answer it honestly in the moment. And the and the answer is always, I don't know because I. That's a question I don't want to do it alone. And I yeah. also, that's something that I would have to discuss with whoever my forever partner is going to be. Right. So you know, I I mean, like every the, every I'm gonna day ask you dinner tonight. Uh, yes, I'm we can ask this, it dinner. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put a pin in this and every day of my life and the and as we continue to live on this earth i see various reasons why we shouldn't have 
any more children. Right. Or at least why, like, I shouldn't try to, like, have any more children. Yeah, but now there's that quote going around of, like, because people say that, like, oh, I shouldn't have children in this time. And there's, uh, like, a meme floating around where it's like, uh, I'm not afraid to raise dragon slayers in a time when there are dragons. So there you go, Joe. Well, that sounds more of a reason for <laughs> you to have children. <laughs> No, I actually don't like. I'm like, okay, so you're gonna have kids. I can't keep a succulent alive. An army. What makes you think that I can have? Like, I can keep a human being. I'm so. I'm like. I'm so uh, concerned with that. I'm gonna fuck up. Like a a child that's gonna resent me. Um, Yeah. Yeah. You know, a plant can't resent you. Yeah. It just dies. Yeah. Well, maybe it does. I don't know. I don't know the interiority of succulents, but it's so funny you said this again. Why you should. read uh, the final girl support group one of the characters is a plant called fine the final plant <laughs> who one of the final girls has as a friend it's oh her only god. friend oh my god <laughs> anyways uh well i, I think it's an interesting okay because the way we can engage with this film i mean obviously we could talk because we can compare it to rosemary's baby mm-hmm to Alien, you know, to the, these sorts of films that kind of play with, like, pregnancy and play with, yeah. you know, these sorts of notions. But another thing about this film is it's also kind of about, like, you know, the, like, male um, sort of invasion of that space and how yes. and how medicine, like, led by the patriarchy, has, like, taken over something that women had pretty good control over for millennia. You know, like like women had been having babies and doing all this stuff, and we managed to survive as a species, you know, without, like, a speculum, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, being, you know, there at the dawn of time. Yeah. Um, you know, not to say, like, hey, I mean, I'm sure there are lots of good reasons to have hospitals and to, you know, I mean, I, I don't know enough about, like, biology and pregnancy and like you know evolution to say you know how many babies how many human lives were lost to like you know having a baby in a cave i don't fucking know Mm -hmm. so i'm sure like hospitals and things like that have their place but the idea that men know better than women just fundamentally Mm -hmm. you know as like so i'm in this class gender um, it's called gender science and technology. And a lot of the conversation is how we have how science and politics have kind of worked in tandem to like gender, uh, life in general. Like how, how, do, how did we create gender? How did we create like biological determinism? This, this idea that like, as men, you and I are biologically, we have a biological imperative to do a certain thing, and women have a biological imperative to do a certain thing. It is in our genetics, and because of that, like, you know, society's all fucked up because women have stopped doing what they're supposed to do, and men have stopped doing what they're supposed to do. Like, they're like these, like, ideas of. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, th- the point is, is that over time, because of like the rise of like science and like the the patriarchyism of it all, <laughs> the patriarchy of it all, men have have, have taken over the the spaces and are are telling women what to do with their bodies and you know that they know better and you know because of like education you know the again these constructs of how how we get where we are it's such a I mean it's such a huge 
conversation. But I think that that, my point is, is that that is in play here as much as like her experience as like a woman trying to have a baby. Like she's, the film I feel is like, that's really the conversation. It's that I just want to do this thing that my body can do but you're, you know, you you have all of your own designs and your own, like, well, it has to be done this way. And, I mean, it is because of, like, scientific intervention, she gets to have a baby in within this film. But it's intervention in other ways, too. Right, it's yeah, non- yeah, yeah, There's also non-consensual intervention. Uh, yeah, 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 which, um, you know, we, 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 we will get to. So I, you know, I don't know. I just think that there's, uh, there's a lot going on in this movie that, like, when I was watching it, I was just thinking. Oh yeah, about, you were scribbling away. And yeah, I was like, yeah, because I was like I was writing like, about like, you know, the internalized biological expectation, internalized biological imperative. You know, she she has that whole conversation right at the beginning of the movie. Like, this is the one thing I'm supposed to do. Like, as a woman, I'm supposed to do this thing. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to make baby. <laughs> You know, and so obviously, and that is which like, from the get made me feel terrible. Well, I mean, I think that's the point. It's supposed to make me feel terrible as a man, but like, I well, I don't know if that's the point, but like, it was a terrible thought because it's like you have more interiority. You know what I mean? Like you're you're right. you have all of that, right? And she has an you know a whole life that could be certainly you know satisfied, but some and some people want children and that's perfectly acceptable too and i think that that is tackling like that sort of concept of like no i want and can have it all she says that through the movie you know where she's like is it possible that i'm gonna have it all like i've got a great job i'm so happy about this i've got the baby coming you're great my husband yeah your your husband is wonderful of course (laughs) uh you know at least at that moment Again, the you know the the Rosemary's Baby, you know seventies paranoia of like you know sixties seventies paranoia of like you know being controlled and that plays a big part uh, of this. Uh, but again, it is also that sort of the larger conversation. I mean, this is a microcosm for all the the myriad choices that like women are expected to make. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like she has to put her body in the hands of this guy you know this man that she doesn't really know too well this dr hindle played by uh pierce brosnan Mm -hmm. who as you said like if you have a fertility clinic named after a man you're we're already going the wrong way yeah (laughs) it was like what is the hindle women's center yeah the hindle women's center (laughs) i was like are you fucking kidding me that this is named after a man no way no no at least like dude name it after your mom or something yeah Name it, um, name it after like you know the uh, the like name it after a famous uh, like the like a Hestia, you know, like some sort of right. mythology, right? But again, that that is the Friga Women's Center. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it's just like that's like right away. This guy, obviously, you know, he's he takes it. He's like, I'm a god. <laughs> like I'm just giving women babies, and then of course the twist is that like quite literally, which spoiler spoiler <laughs> alert, this is a new movie, so go and watch it. Right, right we have now. to put a big spoiler alert. Spoiler on alert, new movie. So the twist is that he well go you were going. Well, I was gonna say so first of all, as my understanding, when people have in vitro fertilization, there is a high. Um, incidents of like twins or like multiple pregnancies. So yes. so at the once she actually gets fertilized and everybody's happy, oh we're gonna have babies. But well, turns out she's got three babies in her. She's got a, a little girl 
in one sack, and then she has two boys, twins, it, in, in one set. in yeah. one sack. Yeah. You know, in one like amniotic. You know, whatever it is. I I don't whatever they are. <laughs> I. <laughs> I, is that the right word? Is it in an amniotic sac? They he they just said sac. Okay, so it's in the sac. Whatever. So there's then they have to make a choice because her body is not going to support all three babies. So they have to make what's uh, known as selective reduction, which is a choice to terminate either the little girl or the twins, so that it some baby will survive and some baby will, will, will get to uh, be born. So, and of course that's a whole conversation because like, yeah. And I have talked to friends who are mothers where like one baby is one thing, but two babies is like four babies. <laughs> like it is a lot of work. So they go back and forth and they make the decision that they're going to terminate the twins. So she can just have the one little girl. So everything's happy and wonderful, and we go through the movie. Now, before you continue, though, yeah. the, the interesting thing, like, leading up to this is, like, you see a little bit of uh, Lucy is Alana Glazer's character. You see a little bit of her life in right. terms of, like, you know, she's the only woman at her marketing firm. Right. It it looks as if she is, like, the – she looks as if she's a secretary, but it looks like she's just, like, a junior associate that because she – for whatever reason, she's always taking the lunch orders. Right. She's right, always right. like she obviously has an important job. Like she's like a yeah, marketer. She's a marketer. She's treated like she's treated the like the mother or this little sister. Right. She's yep. treated as the assistant. Yeah. And so she's already surrounded by men at every turn. And now in that and that's what I thought was so cool is that in that moment when Dr. Hindle is explaining to Lucy and uh, to Adrian, her husband, played by Justin Thoreau. Um, where it's like, we need to do selective reduction. I was like, I recommend we save the two male babies um, and let the girl. And it's like, and that thing, it's like, even in her womb, her, a little bit of her, which is this baby girl, is surrounded by men, right? Right. And then, and then we did a, we did a and little. Their bit, needs are going to be put before her. Their needs are going to be put for her. Right. So in that moment, she, you know, expresses her desire. She chooses her baby girl she chooses to have the girl as opposed and to terminate the other two but what was interesting is that we we were like is selective reduction a thing and so joshua googled it and then he found that yes um when you when you do that process um they just uh the 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 fetus just kinds of uh, gets absorbed back into the body yeah yeah it can be reabsorbed Re-absor- or at least it will hang out until it's yeah, the other to the are other, born. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So just hang out there. So it's yeah. in that the body's. I mean, is incredible. I'm constantly yeah. like, it's amazing. It, that... It's constantly, it's so amazing. And so in that moment, it's just like, okay, so you have chosen to not only have the, um, to not only to have the baby girl have your have your daughter, but to also have like the body reabsorb this like male power. I thought right. was, I just was trying, I made a note of that to talk about a little bit. Yeah. So anyway, so you, uh, as you were saying, they, you were talking about like they just selects to, she likes the <laughs> Right, girl. right, right. But then of course, like, and then throughout the, the film, like she's getting very, uh, this is, it's very, again, very, very Rosemary's baby for a quite, a big chunk of the film, if you ask me. Um, in in the sense of like, you know, as she's going through, she's getting kind of more paranoid. Things are sort of happening. They kind of play with uh, reality again. False positive, I think, is a play on like, you know, false happiness to some extent, but also like, 
what's real, what's not. They do a lot of play with mirrors. They do a lot of like, you know, she shows up at her husband's office with lunch and he's like, well, you just dropped off lunch, you know, a few minutes ago. So like her reality is distorted. Everybody keeps going, oh, it's mommy brain. It's mommy brain, you know, which is this idea that women can get foggy or absent-minded, you know, when they're pregnant. I, I mean, again, I don't know how much that's a thing, how much of that's gaslighting, how much of it's... And that's the yeah. other thing, too, is that because we know as the audience, we are watching, like, we are aware that we are watching a film, we are watching a thriller, how much of our experience is like, right. is this actually happening? Or is this, we are, are we meant, are we like meant to foreshadow that there's something more sinister at play? So when she comes and brings the lunch for Adrian and he's like, you actually brought me lunch already. Are we to believe that it was actually mommy brain? But that's the, that's the other thing too. So going back to my comment about like the interiority without dialogue, you get a lot of that in this film. You get a lot of tight close-ups on um, Lucy where, like music right. is happening people are talking at her and you are only you are you're forced to confront like whatever's going on in her mind but it's never explicit it's never explicit what's going on in her mind she's just there thinking she starts to hyperventilate when she has three babies when she figure out when, right right when right right because it's like fuck <laughs> yeah and i don't and and what's funny about that is that i don't know I I'm curious if she was hyperventilating because she was going to have three babies or if hyperventilating because she has a daughter surrounded by two men. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it's more of like, what the fuck am I going to do with like three kids? Like, you know, cause it's like, she's ambitious and she's getting this, you know, her, her job is growing, you know, she's excited about those sorts of things. Again, there's a lot of really good social, commentary happening in the film about like the lives of women I, I don't think a lot it's very new you know I mean again we've talked about this this comes up the, this is what mm -hmm. the Stepford Wives is about you know Rosemary's baby not so much um, because she all, all she wants to be is a good Catholic and have children and be a mommy you know to some extent like that is the end of like Rosemary's goals it seems which is uh, I'm not saying good or bad, you know, I'm just saying like in, in that, in the in story, the sixties, yeah. I mean, yeah. as a man writing that, like that's the motivation he's given Rosemary is to protect her child from the saintness. And, and she wants to have, but, but even before that, it's like, she just wants to be a good wife and watch guy grow and become this great actor. And she's just going to be the wife and, you know, be content. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, so like, but, uh, Lucy, um, what do I think it was it Lucia. Her, Lucia is Lucia, her yeah. like um yeah legal name her legal name but Lu Lucy she likes her job obviously and she wants to do you know she wants to have it all have it all and be you know and again this film is kind of which I, I guess is sort of what I was a little more not disappointed but I think that it could have been pushed a little bit like I feel like some of like some of this film is a little beige yeah, like, I mean, yes, we know that women are torn in a lot of different directions. We know that there's a lot of expectation. We know that, like, if, uh, you know, there is a social conversation that, like, you know, if the wife is working and she has kids, she is the one who has to quit to stay home uh, to, to, to be with the kids. And if the man does that, like, that there's something wrong with him, if he wants to be a stay-at-home dad. Or he is, like, amazing. Like, he, oh, good on him right right he walks or he's on water. hero yeah. right yeah hero worship you know so yeah there's just there's a lot of like conversations happening but that i think could have been pushed a little farther or i think could have been i i think that the way the film ends wasn't all that 
I mean, it was weird because, you know, well, well, I guess we'll get to that. So the other side story that we should discuss is the um, I Am Not Your Magical Negress, which I I still don't know. That's That's a part of the film that I'm not sure how to take because so Lucy's Dr. Hindle is on the cover of some baby magazine. Yeah. I don't remember what it's called, but you know he's he'd worked his whole life apparently to get on the cover of this thing because he had so he's on invented. Broken Vag magazine or something. Right. <laughs> Not Broken. Vag. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Sorry. But basically, like Pregnancy magazine or something, yeah. and it's all about you know, and it's something like you know, he's worked out this new IVF kind of thing that you know this experimental yeah. technology, which when he's, he's describing it is is so terrifying because it's like there's IVF and then there's this other way, there's the test tube way, and then there's the growing inside of you. I have created a way that does a little bit of both. A little bit of both. And right. I was like, wow, what? Right, I'm yeah. Like, no. Like, what does that mean? I don't know what this means. Um, but so, but on the cover of this magazine, on the, you know, in the corner of the magazine is this woman, Grace uh, Singleton. Is Grace that Singleton, Yeah, yes. Grace Singleton, played by Zainab Ja. I probably just butchered that. I'm so sorry. Z a i n a b. I've been saying Zainab. Zainab. Zainab Shah. Oh, this does not have a uh, pronunciation hook to it. Damn it! Damn it! Uh, anyways, so she's on this magazine, and she's kind of like she's in a headscarf. She's right. Like, she, her head is wrapped. She's, she's wearing got like, like that. It's not kinty, but it's like got that kind of pattern. It's yeah. very Mother Africa looking. <laughs> yes, it's very. Yes. In my idea, to like white people, you know, like it's very like that sort of idea, uh, and it's like she's a midwife with soul and like all capital. Like it's just very like, I'm like, is this really where we're going? It's, it's very mammy, you know, like, well, it's, it's just very magical Negro. Like, magical I mean, Negro, but also I think that's playing with that concept of like the mammy, the black wet nurse. Right. Yeah. yeah this, yeah, she is this, some kind of, yeah, soulful, you know, connected to nature midwife. So the main character, Lucy, like, tracks her down, starts going to her. Of course, her office is very, again, it's very Mother Africa. With, what did like, I say? It was very um, ethnic stu- white ethnic studies professor. Like, right. Like, yeah, it's masks overdone. on the yeah. wall. Very over, very, like, that idealized thing. And so I hope TJ is listening, because I think they would love that. <laughs> I think they would love that I think comment. so. Um, <laughs> they would definitely get it. TJ would get it. Um so so she goes to this woman who's going to now take over her care from here on out. Uh, so she wants to get rid of Dr. Hindle. It's very like, I can't be with Dr. Saperstein anymore. I got to go to Dr. The other, what was his name? Dr. Um, oh my gosh. I've read and seen Rosemary's Baby so many times. Hill, Dr. Hill. Mm-hmm. I think it's Dr. Hill. So it's very much that moment where she's like, I don't trust all these people around me. I'm going to go with this like, spiritual guide midwife woman so they do that for a little bit then she eventually does go into labor and then the twist of the film we discover that oh she's had the twin boys so they did not uh, terminate them they terminated the baby girl did you notice how when she said they need to go to the hospital her accent dropped 
because she's speaking in like this accented English that's supposed to sound vaguely African, right? <gasps> oh, Grace. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. When you I was thinking, I was like, whose accent? Yeah. You're right. Yeah. And there's a accent, shift. There's a shift where she's like, you need to get to the hospital. And it was very like Molly, you and Danger Girl. Type right. Thing. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, so she starts having the babies. It's the two boys, so they're like she's bleeding. It's all terrible, and then like Doctor Hindle, you know, happens to be there, right? Yeah. yeah, it's a very fever dream, like in that moment, like he's like, which happens a few times in the film where it's like, wait, is is this real? Is this what actually is happening? Things vanish, things show up, yeah. things, you know, she's in this space. There's a whole sequence where she watches her husband and the doctor have like a sexual experience that turns out to be a dream maybe i still i'm not sure what that was all about uh you know these men congratulating themselves on making babies well yeah yeah they're they're <laughs> they're he like hugs him before he hugs her right that's right when he she does get pregnant the first person the 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 husband gets excited about is mm-hmm. the doctor yeah no it's very who and both of them are doctors that's that's a relationship we didn't talk about is that Dr. Hindle Pierce Brosnan's character taught Lucy's husband Adrian which again I think Adrian is kind of a little bit of a callback to Rosemary's baby as well Adrian Mercado uh, I just think that's not an accident if it's an accident it's that's a really i don't know that's a really that's a very yeah but anyways that's that's a very interesting accident yeah but uh so anyways they have the babies oh no it's the you know the twins it's not the baby girl that she'd been planning for they she even had a baby shower she's telling everybody it's a girl she talks about her she calls her wendy there's a whole peter pan thing going on uh in the film and then uh yeah so sucks she's in like full-on postpartum depression not only because like you know she just had babies but also she's been lied to uh all of the all of the ideas that she had for bringing in this woman in the world that you know she wants to i I think recapture also like uh, bring back to life her resurrect her mother a little right bit. Yeah, yeah to some to some extent but also get a chance yeah to, to raise a woman and to and 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 to guide her through this terrible world uh for women uh to some extent i think there's you know obviously there's some of that like yeah. there's a lot of like moment bewildering moments where the guys like yeah she's like full-on pregnant in the office and they still can't order lunch for themselves. Like they're still like, Oh, Hey, by the way. And they give her a card and it has their lunch order on. It's like, you know, fuck all y'all girl burn, burn, set this place on fire uh, with them in it. <laughs> but I also think that it's probably very, very, very real. Yeah. You know? Cause they're never like really overtly shitty to her. Like, no, they're excited about her having a yeah. kid. They're excited when they give her the account. They they're she, they, delirious when they take it back from her. Yeah, they say that, like, oh, she's glowing. I don't right. know, like, did you guys just think she was just really sweaty? Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, who knows? But, yeah. You, yeah, you're right. I mean, again, and that's the thing. Like, like, the people around her, it's not like, like, Rosemary's Baby and other films like that, the husband gets really weird or, like, people around her get, like, clearly weird. When in this, it's, like, everybody's excited. The people around her are happy for her. They just are like, why aren't you happy? You know, again, it's that gaslighting kind of thing that's happening with some of them. Not everybody, but, you know. Anyway, so after she has the babies and then she goes back to see Grace, lo and behold, she's just a normal woman. Like, her office, that, that was the part of the film that I'm like, wait, so she just, like, is there... Are you making a comment here? Like it was, it was very blurry. Like what? Why did she invent this? Like other, I mean, the, other than like white supremacy or like racism, 
What was the point? Like, of what it? was the point of her seeing her as this? Like, it felt like it went so far out of its way to make a comment about being like a magical. Because she even says, "Well, like, yeah, Grace uh, says it. I'm I am not, not your, your magical, magical negress. negress. Yeah, it's a weird thing. So it's like, wait, what is? What what was the point of that com- like that you know other than them like playing with race and it was just clumsy mm-hmm. uh, yeah, again and we, this is a first watch and you know we'll kind of see as it as it sits out in culture and I I honestly would love to do this episode again with like a midwife or with yeah. uh, or do this movie again because I'm I'm so curious to see from their perspective because one like, I I. I instantly knew we were in for a ride because there is a content warning in the beginning that right. uh, specifically that talks about like, you know, the content in this, in this film might be especially triggering for certain people. And right. then it has like the support number for like the national infertility, whatever, right. um, yeah. so, you know, uh, organization. And so it's interesting because like, yeah, you can definitely, I mean, that will definitely be triggering. And a lot of the images while, you know, are disturbing but they're disturbing because of how those are things from science that you never see right like a lot of the stuff with like the with the with the birth and all of that yeah so. yeah 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 no i think there's a lot hidden you know or a lot not told and i've heard like from you know friends who have had babies like things that they were like i was not prepared for this or that you know and there are lots of reasons you know good bad i don't know um again i i I don't plan to uh, have those experiences. (laughs) But anyway, so then, of course, the next big twist is that the doctor is, of course, uh, impregnating, you know, the women himself with his sperm because he wants to be, you know, master of the universe and he's brilliant and all babies should come from him, which is super fucked up, but is kind of based on a real case. So Cecil uh, Byron Jacobson. Uh, this at least was a big one. He just died back in March, uh, but he was a former fertility doctor who used his own sperm to impregnate uh, his patients without informing them. Uh, also, he did all kind. What I this is what I thought was really interesting. He also was like telling people they were pregnant uh, by creating false positives by injecting them with this hormone, uh, human chorionic gonad gonadotropin oh hcg HCG. yeah which the uh, doc uh, dr hindle does mention yeah so he like is giving uh he was like doing that you know and then he would tell them that like so he'd make these women believe they were pregnant and then like three months in be like oh the baby died uh so just a you know a horrible horrible situation uh horrible human being uh he also would have like the husband sperm and instead of giving that you know do, using that for the baby he would just like throw it out, uh, and, and, and give them, uh, his sperm. So, you know, again, this is based, this is like reflecting real life friggin' horror. Can you imagine like going through all this pain, you know, dealing with all the social, socio political, cultural pressures of like being a woman and wanting to have a baby. And again, I think that that is a a legitimate want, you know, some people do want kids and they want to have families and that's, uh, you know, amazing. Good for them. Uh, you know, so you go through all of that, you know, and only to find out that one, the baby belongs to like someone else or you've been lied to. I mean, the whole, it's horrifying. So I think that this film obviously has to be, again, it, it can't be an accident that this case is out there and the guy oh, yeah, just, absolutely. you know, just passed away a couple months ago. 
you know, so again, it's reflecting this like real life horror. Um, yeah. It, so of course, then it just has this bloody weird ending where she's like sitting around because she goes back. But I didn't, that was the other part that didn't make any sense because I feel like once she has the other babies, then what remained of the, of, of the little girl of the, of the other fetus, you know, it comes out as well. And then they're just like leaving it in a bag sitting around for days on end. I don't know. That was also very strange, that whole conversation, but I don't know if maybe he had other plans for it. Maybe he was going to do something that we just never get to, but she, you know, comes back to the office, collects, you know, what's left of Wendy murders people in the in the in the meantime obviously you know are we are we sure they're murdered or were they well, I just... don't know I mean I think she definitely killed what's her face because wasn't he trying to give her like an, a death like he was trying to sedate her but I uh, well he did say you would go to sleep but it wouldn't hurt so it could be yeah, I don't know it's tr- yeah. tricky so maybe yeah. she did just knock her out and you get we... a great deep throat joke oh like, right yeah because she like shoves the I don't even know what that would like a some kind of wand. It, 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 I think it, it was the, like an ultrasound wand. Ultrasound wand, yeah. Which all of, like, him lubing up everything. Oh, yeah. It was like as if he was like, this is now my penis. Yeah, it was very, yeah, yeah, sexualized. Um, yeah, gross. It's just lots of lots of gross all around. Um, but yeah, so it was just a very, very, very weird film. Um, but... Again, I agree. I think, you know, if we kind of let it sit out for a year and then maybe, you know, bring someone in to kind of talk about actually comparing this to other like pregnancy films, I think it could be really fun. You know, we could do a whole... And we've done a, we've done a, we've done a few already. That'd yeah. Be, that'd be yeah, yeah. So maybe sort of revisiting, you know, as we continue on in culture, like, you know, seeing what, how that conversation yeah. continues to evolve or not evolve. Yeah. And cause like the Gilead of it all, right? Like, he, right. Yeah. He, they never once think that it could be Justin, you know, it could be Adrian's fault because right. they do make fun of him being older than her. Right. Um, and it's like, you don't think that maybe there's something wrong with his sperm, but it's, it the immediately assumes the fault on her. Right. Which right. I, I, which, which I is think, an age old. Yeah. Which is an age old thing. I think it's supposed to, I think it's playing into that anxiety, which yeah. is like, it's my fault. What's wrong with me? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But even then though, like here's the here's the the kind of irony of all of it is that it assumes that it's her fault, but he, the Dr. Hindle, gives her his sperm, which means that well maybe it wasn't her fault at all. It was the you know, it actually he it's it's admitting that Adrian's sperm is subpar and that his stuff is top shelf. Right. Yeah, and then you see, like, you know, just like... That's a good point. Yeah, 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 that the, is. It's like that that interesting thing, and then... Because I thought it was a cloning thing, because when he mentioned, he makes that comment, like, I wish I could clone myself. I wish you could probably clone yourself, too. And and having Adrian be... The conspiracy part of the, of the film, having Adrian be this, like, very gifted, reconstructive surgeon, and then right. at that dinner with the other mommies where they're like, Oh, you get like, you get your baby and then he could do a tummy tuck right away. It's a business proposition, capitalist driven by capitalism. And now each of these twins, one twin is part Hindle, part Adrian. Right. And like, they're there to kind of, now he's there to also spread his good genetics out there. Right. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And again, it becomes that conversation of like that approach, like how, 
how can men take women completely out of the conversation and create life on their own? You know, that we talked about a little bit with like Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah. And, you know, that, that's, that's been that. What are they called? The, um, automatons, the, the little, the little thingies in the jars. Oh yeah. Uh, the homunculi. Yeah. 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 Um, and I wondered about the cloning thing too, because I swear, I want to go back and look again. Uh, just because there's a scene where they show all the photos of the women with their babies and it looks like it's the same baby like in all the pictures Mm -hmm. so I thought there was like a visual kind of clue that something was happening like that all these women kind of had the same baby so either that yeah their genetics are all the doctors or some kind of cloning thing is happening because they, they did all to me look the same so anyways Strange film. It's on Hulu. Um, yeah, throw it in there with your Mother's Day. Uh, you know, just have a weird, just have a weird Mother's Day. Why not? Why not? I mean, yeah. this is this is also a very privileged male thing to say. <laughs> it's like let's watch Hereditary and let's watch like all these things about like you know mothers going through it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, this was super fun, Joe. Um, Good night. Fright School is produced by Joshua Napier and Joe Farron. Our intro was edited by Davey Boy Productions. Our logo was designed by Jamie Channel Guzman. Episodes are edited and engineered by Joe Farron. Fright School is produced in terrifyingly beautiful San Diego, California. listening to the Geekscape Network.